You're listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast episode. It. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you have wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, this podcast is aimed at two types of listeners. Those who have always thought, as I once did, you know what, I would really like to start my own business. And those people who would like to get into a particular career path, whatever that may be. Each episode, we provide you with insight from those people who have made it happen, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Anya Birmingham from Utter Digital. Anya is going to be sharing her insights on why blogging can work for businesses, but also for individuals. Anya is going to be sharing insights and tips and strategies on how SMEs can make an impact with their business blog, but also how it can work for everybody else. As always, don't forget if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you take a moment and rate and review this podcast, as well as hitting the subscribe button. If you're listening over on Stitcher, make sure you hit subscribe over there as well. If you've got a topic or a suggestion on something you would like us to cover on the show, please do drop me an email to podcast at waynedenner.com or send me a tweet to at waynedenner. Okay, are you ready? Let's not waste any more time and get right into the interview with Anya. Now, we've heard the saying before, content is king, and blogging is one of those activities which a company or business can engage in in order to help improve their visibility online to potential customers. In episode seven, we heard from Brian Parr, who talked about the importance of blogging regularly and creating that regular content. Joining me on the show today, we have Anya Birmingham from Utter Digital, who runs regular blogging workshops for business throughout Ireland. Anya, thanks for joining me on episode eight of the Zero Lives Left podcast. But before we get into all things blogging, I come across some really interesting statistics when I was looking around. Brands that create 15 blog posts per month average 1,200 new leads per month. Blogs give websites 434% more indexed pages and 97% more indexed links. And blogs on company websites result in 55% more visitors. Yes, Wayne, and thanks for having me on today. Delighted to be joining you. Yeah, I mean, the the trend in blogging and what it can do for your business and your website is absolutely huge, and it's a missed opportunity for those businesses that aren't utilizing content creation and blogging for their business. Some of the statistics they have are very impressive figures, and I have more on my own blog, in fact, which prove, I guess, the, the money stats that blogging does actually work for businesses. It does help to get links. It does help to improve SEO and generate website traffic, which in turn is what will lead to um, lead sales leads, referrals and ultimately sales, which is what everybody needs. Now, tell me, you're based in Fermanagh and you, you run Utter Digital. Give me an overview or give our listeners a bit of a flavour of what you guys do, the kinds of services you offer uh, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, we're all about digital marketing, Wayne. So 
I guess I would split it into three main areas, if you like. So we do the, the digital marketing services for businesses where they might need help with their SEO or their social media. They may need content written for their website or some blogging done for them. There's also the side of the business where, particularly for smaller businesses with smaller budgets, they need training, they need to understand digital marketing. So that's the service that we provide. We can either do in-house training, bespoke for businesses, or we do uh, workshops, as you mentioned there, do regular blogging for business workshops. But it can be in any of the other areas, such as SEO or uh, social media content, all of that kind of, th- kind of thing. We mentioned earlier on, that, or I mentioned earlier on, that content is king. Creating content for your business has become an important component for, an, for online. Why do you think it's important that businesses are creating that regular content? I mean, some of the statistics that I mentioned really sort of, I suppose, enforce the need for regular content. But from your perspective, it's an important thing that businesses need to be doing. Absolutely, Wayne. I mean, if you try to understand why content works so well, it's because everything has changed so drastically in the last number of years with the growth of the internet and the growth of social media. So that uh, consumers nowadays are very different and they use, they shop very differently and marketing needs to be tailored to the consumer behavior. So consumers now, it used to be traditional marketing where you were advertising and that's the way it was done. So it was always a sales message, but the sales message nowadays doesn't seem to get the cut through that it once would have done. And anybody who's been in business a long time will tell you that traditional forms of advertising will have a much less impact than they would have done traditionally. A consumer is bombarded every day with thousands and thousands of marketing messages. So it's very important for us to be able to adapt to get the cut through. Consumers are getting bombarded with thousands of messages. How do we get cut through and be those standout messages that are remembered? And we do that through creating valuable content. And that's the core thing. The content that you create has to, in some way, add value to your target market. And if we think about why consumers are going online today, there's three main reasons that they go online, and that's to find out information or to get help. It's to be entertained or it's to socialize. It's not to be sold to. So if we can in some way add value that covers one of those three main areas, reasons why people are online, then we're more likely to be the business that they remember, that they connect with, that they, they're happy with and will go to when the time comes to buy, when they're in the market for their product or service. I think those three main reasons are interesting. Um, find information, entertain and socialize. Um, many businesses that I come across fall into the trap of selling all the time. They're constantly in selling mode when they're using social media and they find it difficult to disconnect from that selling mode because obviously they're small businesses, they're SMEs and it's all about, you know, you've got to keep pushing out the the information about why your products and services are wonderful and that is turning people off. Absolutely, Wayne. And I saw a study by Roper Pohl um, recently that said that largely, I think it was about 77% or something like that, of consumers understand that when you are creating a piece of content, it is part of your marketing to them. But as long as that piece of content in some way adds value or helps them in some way, either entertains, makes them feel closer to the business, gives them help or advice or tips or um, insights, 
whatever it may be, then they're willing to accept that as part of the market and um, mix, if you like. As long as it provides value, then they're more likely to take the marketing message on board with it. Yeah, and I think what's really, really important there are the add value component into that as well, you know, um, where you can add value to your customers along the way. And that's something within my own blog in relation to the work that I do around cyber safety and educating parents to the importance of, you know, keeping their kids safe online. It's constantly trying to find ways that I can add value to that parent, to that customer by sometimes giving them free information. Maybe it's a free ebook. Or maybe it's, you know, here's a free guide on, you know, how you can lock down your home broadband and that sort of stuff. When it comes to small businesses, obviously being one myself, um, time is the big killer to all this sort of stuff. Let's face it. I mean, when I sit down to write a blog, I mean, I write for a number of blogs out there. I write for State of Digital. Um, you know, even to do my own content for my own blog, time is the big factor and it's the big killer. And I want to be doing more things. And you got to sit down, you got to research the blog, you got to look for, you know, statistics to back up what you're going to talk about. Uh, you got to find some case studies maybe in there. You know, you can't just sit down and write like, you know, four or five hundred words and say, well, there you go, just out of your head. There is an incredible amount of time involved in this, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I really do agree. And time, well, for all of us, it's one thing that we, we would like to have more of, but we don't because we're busy people. It's worth committing the time to your blog and because of the return that you get out of it, the value that you get I mean, if you can if a business can set time aside to the planning element of it, then that will save them time in the long run so taking time with their team to brainstorm the ideas, to come up with um, the, the content that's going to add value and just scheduling that in and you know, thinking about what's seasonal seasonal what events are coming up what's likely to be trending at a particular time when is news likely to break within your industry what events do you have do you have new products coming up and do you have special offers coming up and trying to schedule that into a plan of where you're going to have to create content around those different areas and having that content prepared up front. So rather than just sitting at a blank screen and saying, right, what am I going to blog about today? That you actually have a plan, you know what you're going to write about before you sit down and do it. And it really can be a valuable time-saving exercise. Because it can get overwhelming. I mean, I've sat down at that blank screen before and just looked at it and go, right, okay, what am I going to write about today? And it's been really glazed expression has come over me and I've really, really struggled to, to get anything down. So I think what you're saying there in relation to, you know, getting that management content plan for your blog together is really important you know setting that time aside planning with your team and uh, you know looking for ways to find out things that are breaking within your industry I think that's really good advice yeah and it's also an opportunity to get creative when hmm. and uh, research is part of that planning process so researching your customers even thinking about your own experience what are you being asked what are your staff being asked what kind of questions do your customers want to know the answers to? Having a look at what your customers are actually searching for online in terms of where the gaps are in their knowledge, what do they need to know about? So using tools like Google's free keyword planner to find out what, what words or phrases are they searching for. It could be a how to do something within your industry or field that you can specifically create a blog post to answer that particular question which you know is something that people are searching for. So it's going to help you in search engines. But it's also something that's going to, going back to the core element of what your content should be, 
it's going to add value to them and it's going to solve a problem if you like so you have the internet you have your own experiences and conversations with customers you have your staff to draw on their experiences and social media and asking in groups etc about what kind of things do people need to know about within your industry or field all of that research and looking at competitors as well not just your immediate competitor down the road but what are people doing across the water in the uk in the us somebody within your industry has likely got this right not saying to go and steal what other people are doing kind of thing or you know plagiarize in any way but to get inspiration or ideas from what other people within your industry are doing can really help to broaden the the range of topics and ideas that you can write about that's great i mean that, that and that's some of the stuff that i think you know more and more businesses need to be taking on board uh, because it, it can then become less overwhelming when they actually sit down if they've got that plan together if they're thinking for ways that they can add value and they're getting other people within their organization on board in terms of content then i mean you know Many businesses struggle really with, you know, should we be using our corporate business tone when we're talking here? Um, should we inject some humor into it? Does it need to be very sort of, you know, businessy, businessy? Or should we be, I don't know, not, not humanizing, but should we, should we somewhat be softening um, how we're creating that content so that when a, when a user or a, a customer's reading it, they actually understand what we're talking about and strip out some of that company jargon that we might use internally. Yeah, there's a couple of things there. To me, a brand should know what its tone of voice is and the tone of voice should be consistent across all platforms. So if somebody calls you, they should get the same sort of personality and tone that they get if they tweet you or if they're reading your blog or your website. It should be consistent across all platforms. The other side of that is understanding your customers and uh, knowing what level they're at in terms of how much industry jargon you can afford to use here or how simple you have to make this. What level are your customers at? So, for example, if you're an insurance company, you may have a, a different style for consumers as you would have for brokers because brokers may be more familiar with the industry terminology so you can afford to use some of that within the content that you write for them. But by all means, I would say everybody should be simplifying things as much as they can. Back to the old phrase of, think of the lowest common denominator, create your content for those. So the people who really don't understand anything about your industry and your field. And the other side of it, Wayne, would be, I'm a firm believer that people should, all businesses should be human and have a personality of some description, how how out there they are will depend on what brand they've decided to brand position and they've decided to adopt converse being conversational in your tone should be across all platforms i believe for all businesses because even if you are a large corporate with a you know very straight list mannerism or personality you can still be conversational in the tone that you use in your content and I think that's what social media lends itself really well to, the whole conversational approach, um, because everything's kind of bite-sized, 140 characters, short and snappy, and everybody, you have to think about how you can be consistent and concise in your messages is something that I think is really, really important when you're trying to cut through that noise. In terms of blog posts, is there any particular format structure one should be taking when laying out a blog post? 
Um, and this is something that I find many businesses struggle with at the start. Okay, how do I write this? That's not a report format. That's not a memo coming through the company. What way should we break down the blog? It's like a story when you were going through school, start, middle and end. Is that the kind of approach? That's exactly it, Twin. Mm. I mean, we were taught how to write essays at school in that format, an introduction, a body and a conclusion. And to me, blog posts should be exactly that, where your introduction really um, is, as it says, an introduction, but it it explains what what is the problem perhaps puts it in context to help you to tell that story and to help to connect with or relate to the the reader the body of your blog post then would be about the solution what is the solution to the problem and then your conclusion is a little wrap up with perhaps a call to action in there because remember we're businesses and we need to try and drive them to the next step within the buying process but there's also in terms of the layout even of a blog or how you format it there's tips uh, to make it easier for people to read it because if you think of how people read things online they don't generally read start to finish people will scan articles and blog posts online so what you will want to do is draw their attention to the most relevant points and you can do that by using good headings and subheadings or creating lists or bullet points. I would advise to use plenty of white space because it's much easier to read on a screen. Keep your sentences and paragraphs nice and short and snappy, although that can be different depending on the style that you're using, depending on your tone and your whole personality as well, because some of it may be more appropriate to be more elaborate. And also don't forget that call to action as well is what I would say yeah the call to action is really really important particularly with um you know the, the content that you're talking about I think within the blog because you do you know obviously you're doing this for a reason and the reason is to drive more traffic to your website maybe it's to increase sales maybe it's to increase visibility among your customers and that sort of stuff so you want to think of ways that you're not I suppose over the top selling every aspect of the blog but you're trying to add value I think it boils back to adding that value and, and do have some sort of call to action in there as well I think is a, is a useful link to have to I suppose bring it all together. We've heard we've heard a lot of um, people talking about you know blogging is a great way to create more visibility for businesses within the search engines. Particularly, Brian talked about it last episode. He was talking about creating this regular content makes you become more visible within the search engines. What sort of tips on how to optimize a blog for search engines do you think is important? The first thing I suppose going back to um, one of the tips that I've already given is to understand what people are searching for. So do your research first of all and if it's a particular word or phrase that you want to target and try and rank higher for that then create the content around that. Um, So if somebody is searching for help or advice on a particular area that's relevant to your business then that piece of content that you create should actually answer the question for them having valuable content in itself will be a boost to your seo because the more traffic you get to it the more valuable it is then the more google and the other search engines are going to realize that and start ranking it that bit higher but of course there's there's always ways to help push it up there a bit better with google so if you're using imagery for example 
try to use good keywords within the alt tags in your images and try to use your keywords as well throughout your piece of content but it must they must be used in context and you know they must flow naturally so if you've actually decided to create a piece of content that's of value to your audience then those keywords should fit in there naturally anyway and I'm a firm believer that you should always write for your audience rather than write for Google so I know a lot of people will decide that they want to start blogging for SEO purposes but they should really be blogging for their audience and not for Google yeah that's a good piece of advice and something that many people forget and um, they get hung up and write well we want to get ranked better in Google and uh, we're, we're doing this solely for that reason what the research has shown is that you need to be doing it for your audience because it's those people that are going to be reading it and interacting with it and also maybe sharing it within their own network I mean I think that's a big thing as well the whole cultivating you know more people who are reading your blog if they find it interesting why not share it on through your network exactly when and all of that produces more traffic producing links to your website and to me, the SEO benefit of blogging is nearly the side effect of it. The real benefit is the value add to your customer and potential customer and driving traffic and sales that way. So SEO should be the side effect rather than the main objective of it. And if we put that into context, I mean, you know, 90% of people trust peer recommendations. I mean, if you're on blogging regularly about your business and this sort of stuff, and then those people are actually taking that blog and sharing it within their own network, well, then that can only be a good thing for your business. True. And if the, if the content's valuable enough, then you're going to get the shares naturally because people will want to. People like to show others that they are in the know. And if they're sharing a good piece of content, a valuable piece of content, then it looks good. It reflects good on them. So if you have produced that content for them and made it easy for them to share and got it in front of their eyes, then you're more likely to generate all of those great things that we need, the traffic, the shares, the likes, the um, recommendations, referrals, etc. And as you say, it is this trust thing about building up trust and recommendations and blogging's a fantastic way of building trust because it's not a case of tell them how good you are anymore. You've got to show how good you are. You've got to demonstrate that you know what you're talking about, that you are the expert or the leader or thought leader within your particular field. Demonstrate that you actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. And and, and in terms of you know businesses trying to find time to do this sort of stuff, what would be your advice personally really for how many times a week per month should a business be blogging? Um, the time's the big component. I want to. I set myself these unbelievably tasks all the time. Like I'm going to blog five times this month, and I've got a blog to do for State of Digital, and somebody else wants me to do something, and I need to do something for myself, and half of it doesn't happen. Uh, I feel really bad, and I want to do it, and I know the importance of it. But realistically, what should a business be aspiring to per week? per month to get out there in terms of content from a blog? To me, there is no hard and fast route for this okay. because in my opinion, you should be doing what is realistically achievable for your business. So if it's twice a month as opposed to twice a week, then that's what you commit to doing. It's more important to deliver on it and be consistent than to be producing content three, four times a week. The most important thing is to make sure that the content that you are producing is good. It's of good quality and it's a value-adding content to your target audience. If that means that it takes you longer and you do it less frequently, it's of more benefit to do that than to produce 
three, four not so good pieces of work a week just for the sake of getting something out there. To me, a longer, more valuable in-depth piece will get you more benefit than three or four shorter pieces. Yeah, it'll be kicking around for a lot longer because more people are going to share it. Okay, so we have the blog up and running. How should a business promote its blog and drive traffic towards the site? I guess the blogger's best friend, Wayne, would be social media, and we've touched on it a few times today. But it's not just a matter of as soon as the blog post is done, you get it out. You put it up on Facebook, you put it up on Twitter, and that's your promotion done. Uh, when it comes to social media, you need to think about the different platforms, what timing is right for each platform. And if you know your audience on different networks, then you'll know what will work best in order to get more views, more shares, more likes, more interaction. But it's also about resharing your content. So in particular for the likes of Twitter, with it moving so fast, a tweak can be gone in a matter of seconds and then, you know, you're not getting the, the traffic that you possibly could have got because people haven't seen it. So it's a good idea to reshare your content a number of times throughout the day, throughout the week, or even bring it back at a later date, you know, maybe the following months or a couple of months, six months down the line. If it is what you might call evergreen content that doesn't have a shelf life, that's still relevant you can continue to share that over time and it can reach new audiences that haven't possibly seen it before. Content continues to work for you that way. Think about um, the timing. Think about how often you can share it. Think about the different uh, groups. So rather than just putting it up on your Facebook page, you may be involved in different Facebook groups where the content is relevant for them and you'd like to share it within the groups as well or even on Google Plus or LinkedIn groups, etc. So it's not just a matter of publish and that's it, done. There's a lot more work involved in it and scheduling tools like Buffer or TweetDeck or Hootsuite can be very useful in helping you to, to create that schedule so that you're not having to constantly go back to it. You can actually schedule everything and have it done in advance. Is it a bad idea to create a blog post, post it on your website, and then set up some other blog like Medium, for example, or eBlog or something else and stick that same content over there? I'm I'm not a fan of duplicate content at all. Um, I'm sure Brian touched on it in the last... A podcast about how you can be penalized for duplicate content in Google. I mean, the idea is you want to drive traffic to your website. So to me, a business blog should be hosted on your website. You should share the content, the links to the content rather, on other networks and other sites. So you're constantly driving traffic back. What I would say as well on in terms of social media is you'll get more out of your blog if you have spent the time building the relationships with your network and with particular influencers as well. And if you're resharing other people's content, then they're more likely to reciprocate. It's one of the, the golden rules, really, of social media is you get out of it what you put into it. So if you are expecting others to share your content or interact or engage with your content, then you must be doing the same thing for them. And sharing their content as well encourages them to share your sort of stuff. Now, in terms of blog, you know, you've put the article up there. Are you a fan of comments on or off on blogs? Uh, I know some businesses turn those off for obvious reasons because they are maybe not, are not monitoring. They don't have any moder- I mean, anybody moderating that comment 
or those treads should those be on or off is it a good thing to have them on i would have them on particularly if within your content you have asked a question or asked for a contribution it's um, a place to start the conversation start the connection with a potential customer they can come and ask you a question there and then so you're immediately making contact with them it's also um, a great way of building those relationships and getting those sales leads and adding extra value beyond what's already contained within the blog post. So if somebody is there asking another question and you're able to answer it straight away, you've made the connection, you've started building that relationship, you've added more value and they feel like you're providing that good customer service. Now, in terms of not monitoring comments, then that's really not a good idea. You should always be checking your comments. It should actually be coming through to your email. When you get a comment, you should know about it. Um, but in ter- I mean, one of the risks, I guess, of having the comments up and running is that obviously there are going to be spammers out there, but a good spam filter should um, nail that one. But you're at risk of people complaining or disagreeing or whatever. The thing is, you're at risk of that anywhere. But if you have control over the content or the comments on your blog, so if you have it set that you need to moderate them before they go public, then you have more control over that and you can actually uh, respond privately to somebody who has some negativity. I think those conversations are taking place out there, whether or not you have comments switched on or not, or whether you're blogging or not. People are having conversations about your business right now. They're making their own informed decisions. So it's up to the business to to find ways that they can interact with those customers. Maybe it's a disgruntled customer. Disgruntled customers aren't always bad. You have an opportunity to win that customer back around. So, yeah, I think those conversations are certainly taking place out there. And having comments turned off in your blog isn't going to, you know, reduce the risk uh, any more than it than it being. Exactly. And then aren't you better off being involved in that conversation rather than having it somewhere where you have no control over it? at all and being able to as you say if it's a disgruntled customer nip that in the bud or you know turn that customer around turn the negativity into a positive and again you wouldn't have been able to do this 15 or 20 years ago before you know the internet you know now we have an opportunity now that when stuff does go wrong we can address it and we can you know we can we can maybe win those customers back around finally on yeah and you know there's there's some great value been added here to listeners and it's also very valuable from a personal point of view as well you know if someone is thinking about obviously somebody like me who's a personal brand um, or those people seeking to become thought leaders um, in a particular career area. Getting a blog up and running be a good idea for for those sorts of people. Absolutely. When I mean, we've said it before, it's a great way of building a reputation and establishing authority within a particular field. It's not about telling them how good you are. It's about showing them. And that's one of the best benefits of a blog, in my opinion. But also, uh, even for those who are job seeking I know a lot of the people who would listen to your podcast would be students or recent graduates or about to graduate and this is a way of setting yourself apart in a field of hundreds or thousands of people who are potentially going for the same job and how are you going to set yourself apart from the competition a blog can be a way of impressing potential employers or recruiters it can demonstrate that you have the knowledge and the skills that they're looking for and that you can actually build a profile 
for yourself as a personal brand, which is in fitting and in keeping with their business brand, if you like. So it's that you can complement their business as well as add value and add the skills that you have there. And of course, we've seen now LinkedIn has introduced its LinkedIn posts now, which allow you to blog over within the LinkedIn platform on, 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 on your LinkedIn profile. And what's your thoughts on that? Finally, just to get a, you know, do you think that's a good thing? We should be, you know, creating those LinkedIn posts. Is there much value um, yeah, from spending time over there? I think it's a great thing, actually, particularly, as I said, there for people who are uh, searching for work because, as we know, LinkedIn is one of the main platforms where recruiters uh, will go to find talent and find skills and find the right people. So if you are there sharing your content, sharing your ideas, your thoughts, you're adding value, as we keep saying, um, and demonstrating that you know the field, you know your industry, and you have the right mindset to be able to put this across and the right skills to be able to build a brand and a profile for yourself, then, you know, it's got to be a positive and it's got to be um, impressive. And if you're not doing it, somebody else will be. And they will be the people or the businesses or the individuals or the brands that will be head and shoulders above the competition. Because if the competition aren't doing it, then somebody's going to stand out. So it's not just really for businesses, the message that we're hearing today. Blogging is for everybody. I mean, even if you're somebody who's interested in collecting stamps and uh, you know, you're interested in pink puppies and this sort of stuff, you could actually put your own blog out there and start sharing this information with the world. So it's as relevant for individuals, businesses, people are interested in hobbies, anything it's a great way to to vocalize what it is you're all about and get your content out into the world exactly when and i mean you <laughs> talk regularly about a uh, digital tattoo and uh, online reputation so really the blog is a way of crafting your own reputation and profile and tattoo online so it can all help to contribute to having a positive influence on your online reputation so tell me Anya you've run a recent workshop in Dublin on blogging for businesses is there any more workshops coming up uh, anybody who's listening into the podcast today have you got plans to run any more workshops in the near future which businesses can find out a bit more about this maybe come along hear a bit more drill down into the some of the areas that you shared with us today how can people find out about those workshops yeah well the workshops will be done regularly throughout the year i mean the next one i have coming up in dublin is on seo for beginners so you know it, it's all related so it may be something that people are interested in but the blogging workshops yes i do them regularly i do them in dublin and i'll be doing them around the country as well throughout the year if people want to find out when they are, they can go to utterdigital.com and I'll be posting the details of all upcoming events, workshops, seminars, talks, etc. on there. And give us the Twitter handle because I know you're active on the old Twitter space as well. I know you're uh, another Irish Biz Party alumni um, like <laughs> myself. The, the the conference is coming up now in April, um, 15th of April. Hopefully you're going to be there. Um, the last conference in Killarney was a, a roaring success. I know that we sat up quite late having a debate with Brian Parr, which I think he's trying to instigate again, I might add. He keeps saying that I'm talking about it, but it's secretly Brian. Um, what, what about that? Yeah, well, I don't know which one of you are instigating this debate, Wayne, but as long <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a conversation of some description. Yes, I will be at the next Irish Biz Party Conference. Absolutely, I wouldn't miss it. They're a fantastic event. Uh, the, in terms of Twitter, the handle is at Utter Digital, and I'd be delighted to hear from people if they have any questions or comments or 
need any help with anything, feel free to connect there. Definitely connect on the on the Twitter. And of course, I'm coming your way in May for an event down in lovely Fermanagh. So I'm really, really looking forward to that as well. So people can go on to utterdigital.com. They can see some of your blog posts up there. They can contact you directly. They can connect with you on Twitter. Of course, you're active on Wednesday evenings at the Irish Biz Party Twitter chat. So if anybody does have any questions on blogging for business, it's something that I spend an incredible amount of time creating all this content. And for me, I can completely validate everything that you're saying. The content that I'm creating online is actually converting into paying businesses. So it's important that every business needs to think of ways that they can create their own blog, that they can push out their own content online, and they can use social media then to drive traffic across onto that blog. Anya Birmingham, thank you so much for joining me today on episode eight of Zero Lives Left podcast. It's been awesome. Thanks a million, Wayne. So there you have it, folks, a great insight to the world of blogging for business. Some of the key takeaways that I've noted down along the way, you know, think about that evergreen content, that content that has a bit of lifespan in it, content that's going to be kicking around for a while and content that you can use further down the line. It's important that you're consistent in your blogging efforts. You got to understand your customer and you got to think about your brand positioning within the marketplace. Make sure that your blogs are short and snappy. They're to the point. You got good headings, subheadings, and that you have scannable text for your reader. Think about how you can provide valuable content for your customer or your audience. That's what we're all about here in this podcast, creating valuable content for you, the listener. Don't forget if you've got any suggestions or comments or topics that you think we should cover on the show, please do drop me an email to podcast at waynedenner.com. You can also send me a tweet to at Wayne Denner. We're going to be coming back very soon with another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Please do, if you can, stop by iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and stick around. I'm going to see you soon on the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from WayneDenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.